I asked the question today, does the Lord lead us? Does the Lord lead us? Does he call us? Does he direct us? Does God have a plan in which he desires for us to be participants? Has he called you? Does he desire to lead you? Does he desire to direct you? I believe he does. There's two ways in which God leads us or through which God gives us directions in life. Number one, through his word. Through the word of God, we receive direction for life. And that really is the primary way that God speaks to us and guides us and directs us in life. Number one, through his word, and number two, through experiences. And we'll see how this unfolds today in our reading from Acts chapter 16. How the experiences of Paul and his companions led them in a certain direction, to a certain place, to bring the gospel to a woman named Lydia, the first convert in Europe. But he primarily speaks to us through his word. He does this through his word. The primary means through which God leads us, through the plain meaning of biblical passages, God directs us. And I think you've had that experience in your life. Have there been times in your life where you've opened the Bible and you've received the direction that you need? We've experienced this. This is why it is so important for us to receive this gift of his word. That we abide in God's word. How will we ever know God's plan for our lives if we don't know what God has revealed in his word? The psalmist says it this way in Psalm 119, verse 5. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. You know that verse. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Is God's word that for you? A lamp to your feet and a light to your path? This is why a regular, consistent time with the Lord in his word and in prayer is key to having his Holy Spirit light the pathway of your life. If we don't have his word, it's as if we're a people just groping in the darkness with no direction, with no idea what God has planned for us. This is one of the reasons we're holding this Rest and Renew retreat here at Maple Park spiritual renewal that transforms and overflows out of the life of the believer and into the lost community will only happen when personal renewal enters into the heart, into the life, and into the mind of a believer. And this happens through quiet time with the Lord, spending time with him in his word and in prayer. And through that, we are transformed by his spirit. So it's my prayer that the experience of the Rest and re Renew Retreat will continue well after June 7th and 8th. That through that we will enter into a rhythm of resting at the feet of Jesus and being renewed by him in our personal quiet times. That we would understand the power 
that God has in store for us when we are in his word and when we're in prayer. It's a gift. It's a gift that we get to partake of. So we believe that God's word is the primary means of grace. His amazing grace, this this vast and immeasurable grace is delivered to us through his word. Through his grace being delivered to us by his word, our trust in Jesus is strengthened. So I ask this question, do you desire to grow stronger in your faith? Do you desire to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Take his word. Go to his word. Read his word. Listen to his word. And talk to the Lord in prayer. And he does this work of transformation in us. Does the Lord lead us? Does he call us? Does he give us directions in life? He does. Number one, from the Bible. And number two, from experiences. Look at the verses of our reading from Acts chapter 16, verse 6. If I don't know if somebody's back there that can put it up on the screen for us. But Acts 16, verse 6. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So as they were heading west, They thought that they were going to dip south into the area of Asia. But the Holy Spirit forbade them to go into Asia. We don't know what the circumstances were exactly, but something had happened that kept them from going into Asia. And when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go to Bithynia. So they were going to go north and then back east. But the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Something stopped them from going in that direction. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Trous. So they went further west. They went as far west as they could to Mysia. And then they went down to Trous. So the Spirit was guiding them and directing them. They couldn't go south to Asia. They couldn't go north to Bithynia. They were directed to go west to Troas. And that is where Paul received this great Macedonian vision. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. The Holy Spirit guides us, and the Holy Spirit directs us through life. Sometimes when you've laid down the best plans you can, God steps in, he looks at your plans, and he chuckles. And he says, I have something different for you. I have a different plan for your life. I have a different direction in which you should head. Sometimes when he redirects us, it can be painful. I can see Paul and his companions thinking, we really believed that we should have gone down into Asia and maybe there was something that they were looking forward to in Asia. But God said no. 
And then they said, well, we'll go up to Bithynia. But God said no. You see, they had laid out their plans. But God looked at their plan and he chuckled. And he says, I have a different plan for you. Your plan is to go to Macedonia, to go to the continent of Europe and there to preach the good news of the gospel. But sometimes it's painful when God guides us and directs us through life. And I think that, that he does this out of fatherly love and compassion. Why? Because too often my plans become an idol. My idea. My plan. What I think is best. Causes my mind to be clouded and causes me to not see what God's plan for my life is. I get these pictures in my mind of how things should be. I get this picture in my mind of how uh, maybe uh, the weekend should be. You know, great times with the kids camping and beautiful weather and everything just being perfect. And then the kids are like little monsters, irritating me. And it's raining and we're all stuck together in a camper. We have these visions in our head, visions of how our church should be, of how our marriage should be, of how our career should go. We get these visions in our head of the way things should be, and it doesn't work out that way. In my mind, I believe I should have this, or I should have achieved that. But is that God's vision, or is that an idol of my own imagination? We can apply this to every area of our life, including the ministry of the church. The best intentions can become some of the darkest and the most wicked idolatry in our lives. I believe every intention of Paul and his missionary team was good. They envisioned going to Asia, but they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Then they envisioned going to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Then they went as far west as they could to the port city of Troas. And there God gave this vision. Paul, come over. Help us. We need you. God's vision was greater than their vision. God's vision was for the gospel to expand into Europe. Acts 16, 13 through 15. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate of the river, uh, to the riverside where we suppose, and this is key, where we suppose there was a what? There was a place of prayer. Don't miss that. Prayer is key. Prayer is key. Where we suppose there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the woman uh, who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia. And this Lydia was of the city of Thyatira. And she was a sell seller of purple goods, uh, who was a worshiper of God. You see, she knew God, but she didn't know Jesus. She knew there was a God, but... She didn't know his one and only son, Jesus Christ. That's the way it is in our world today. 
Many people believe in God, but they do not know Jesus. And the only way to enter into a relationship with God and only, the only way to be with God for eternity is to know his son, Jesus Christ, and to receive him as Savior. Key, the Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened her heart. When was the last time the Lord opened your heart? Think about it. When was the last time he opened your heart? I believe that he wants us to open our heart daily at the place of prayer and in his word. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized, notice that baptism immediately follows faith in her household as well. She urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And then they stayed with her. What is God's vision and what is our vision? Does God have a vision and how does it match up with our vision? God's vision is for the nations. God has the ultimate missionary heart. We see this embodied in the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus is so concerned about people. People. And he loves people of all nations, of all ethnicities, from all over the world. God's vision is for the nations. God has the ultimate missionary heart. That's why he directed Paul and his companions to go to Macedonia where the gospel had never been preached. This summer at Maple Park, we're emphasizing prayer. Why emphasize prayer? Why emphasize prayer? Why? I believe that God is calling us to put to death our vision for Maple Park Church, to put to death what we believe would be best and to ask him to reveal to us his vision for our church. Does he lead? Does he call? Does he give us direction? I believe he does. That we too would go to the place of prayer and by going to the place of prayer, we would be transformed and by being transformed, we would see people like Lydia in our neighborhood in our families, in our workplaces, brought into a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I also want us to know that the mission of the church is not my mission or your mission, it is Jesus' mission. He is the one who accomplishes it. When we go to the place of prayer with open Bible and heart, open by the Spirit in prayer, we are acknowledging before God that we need him in our church. That is really what prayer is. Prayer is this expression, God, I need you. God, I cannot do it without you. That's why we go to prayer. He's the one who does it all. He is the one who accomplishes all good things in us and in his church. We are simply invited by him to join with him in this missionary adventure which he already has planned and laid out for us. And even when people come to faith in Jesus, 
even when they trust Jesus as their savior. It has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us. Remember who opened Lydia's heart? Who opened her heart? The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what Paul's, what was said by Paul. Does the Lord lead us? Does he call us? Does he give us directions? He did for Paul. When we study passages like this, we come to understand that God is the primary actor in the mission of the church. God is the one accomplishing his mission through the power of his spirit to open hearts to Jesus, the Son of God. When Paul accomplished this mission, when he reached Macedonia, when he found Lydia, who was baptized, we come to realize that it was all the work of God. We say it this way, it is by grace alone. It is by grace alone. It is his grace accomplishing the purposes that he wishes to accomplish. So I ask you today, what about your mission field? What about your mission field? Do you have a mission field? Are there people in your life that need what Lydia received that day? Family members? Friends? Neighbors? Do you believe that God has called you to reach that person? Do you believe that God will give you the directions that you need to reach that person? Do you believe that God will do it? Where does it start? It starts at the place of prayer. It starts at the place of prayer. So Maple Park, let's pray. Let's pray. We start our time of prayer with the words of our hymn. And don't just sing the words. 